To God be the glory. Come on, let's stand to our feet and give God praise this morning. Lord, you're an awesome, good God. Thank you. Come on, praise him this morning. Honor him this morning. You're so good. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We give you praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, my Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, we remain standing just for a moment. Good morning, everyone. Welcome today. We're so glad you're here. Uh, my wife and I are honored to be here today to celebrate 90 years. Isn't that amazing? I I don't know if we've ever been in a place that's celebrating in 90 years. We're only 36 years, so this is like, wow. This is like super wow, right? This is amazing. Um, we missed your gala. We had a young adult retreat that I was preaching that night at, and, and, uh, and, and we heard the saints got down. I mean, that's the reputation here at PT is pretty amazing. Uh, you just didn't have a party. You had a party. I mean, you like, you like danced the night away. How awesome is that? So congratulations. We wish we could have been here. We would have loved to have been here and danced the night away with you. But we celebrate the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God. And we honor uh, this team. We honor Bishop and uh, First Lady Carmen. We bless her, Elder Carmen. We are, are amazed by what God is doing through this leadership team and through all of you. And, and uh, congratulations on the album. Uh, on the, I, I got on iTunes right away, downloaded. The, it, it's good, okay? I've been shouting along with you and uh, passing the word for others to, to download it also. And uh, so we rejoice at all the amazing things that are happening. And it's just it's the beginning, right? It's, we're just getting started here. We're just getting on a roll. Uh, so it's a joy to be with you. It's a joy to... See again, my my our spiritual daughter Yolanda. Good to see you. Everything was going well till Kendall showed up. Can I just be out there and, and share my bitterness a little bit? <laughs> of course, I'm only kidding. And uh, we're grateful. What a dynamic couple and partners they make. We're so proud of both of them. Let's pray. Let's believe God together. Amen. And in these next few minutes, I believe the Lord's going to share something that'll really bring us perspective as we. Uh, celebrate the goodness of God today. Father, thank you for your, your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for being so, so good to us. Oh, my goodness. Wow. We are grateful. Lord, when you show us your goodness like this, it just makes us love you all the more, makes us trust you all the more, makes us believe all the more. Of course you want to prosper us. Of course you want to heal us. Of course you want to restore us. Of course you want to do great things in all of our lives. Of course you want to go above and beyond exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or think because your goodness constantly encourages us and constantly enlarges our hearts to believe for bigger and better, to do more and more for you and for your honor, to reach more people, Father God. All this does is inspire us to, to not get stuck or not get lazy or indifferent, but to keep on believing and keep on trusting and keep on declaring and keep on knowing, Father God, that you have greater things in store 
yet. And we know that, Father. We give you all the honor, all the glory and praise. And, and it's an honor for us to bless this congregation, to, 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 to speak your word over them today and to give them perspective of what all this means and what is yet still to come for your honor and for your glory. And all of God's people said, amen and amen. God bless you. you may be seated. Thank you. I mean, know oh, Jesus is in this place today. I believe anything can happen. We're celebrating a 90th anniversary and God can heal your body and God can set you free and God can open up your heart and change a certain part of your life. He can do that because that's what He's done all these years. And of course, He's going to continue to do that. I'll get right into God's Word today because of time and probably say more in, in the uh, next service. But uh, Psalm 89, please, if you have your Bibles. We're going to read a few verses there, Psalm 89, 1 and 2, and then verses 28 to 34 to give us a foundation today in this message. Verse 1 and 2 of Psalm 89 says, I will sing of the mercy and loving kindness of the Lord forever. For my, for my mouth will I make known your faithfulness from generation to generation. For I have said mercy and loving kindness shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness will you establish in the very heavens unchangeable and perpetual. Verse 28 says, My mercy and loving kindness will I keep for him forevermore, and my covenant shall stand fast and be faithful with him. His offspring also will I make to endure forever in his throne as the days of heaven. If his children forsake my law and walk not in my ordinance, if they break or profane my statutes and keep not my commandments, then I will punish their transgressions with the rod of chastisement and their iniquity with stripes. Nevertheless, my loving kindness will I will not break off from him nor allow my faithfulness to fail, to lie or be false to him. My covenant will I not break or profane, neither nor alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. Wow. These scriptures are talking about David and his family. Uh, give us some insight regarding the faithfulness and mercy of God. I want to talk to you this morning about the faithfulness of God. Tell your neighbor the faithfulness of God. They teach us when we are faithful, when one generation is faithful, it is possible to store up mercy and faithfulness for the next generation. Hmm. See, as you serve God in your church, as you fulfill your assignment from the neighborhood to the nations, when you obey God and you're using your gift and you're making a difference and, and you're serving God and, and you're giving faithfully, you are not just affecting the here and now. We typically think of only the here and now. We're so locked into our today and our paradigm and our world and our tunnel vision at times that, that we don't realize that we can store up, we can lay up, we can build up blessings and mercies, come on, for generations. See, the faithfulness of God is not a one-time event for one group of people. It's generational. Say, it's generational. See, the mercy of God and the faithfulness of God is not just for the person who is being faithful are not just for the person who's walking in the mercy of God, who's grateful and, is, and who's busy about being a blessing to their world. It's absolutely generational. When it was time for Solomon to build the temple, an amazing thing happened. The Bible said that his father had stored up one million talents of silver 
and a hundred thousand talents of gold. Right? Today's value, that's $85 billion that the father had stored up for the son so he could fulfill his purpose and call. Mm. How much easier was it for the life of the son because of the responsibility and the working hard of the father so that the father laid the foundation so the son could fulfill the mandate that wasn't on the father but was on the son. Come on, I'm preaching good already. Come on, stay with me, right? Our lives will either be stepping stones or stumbling blocks. Which one do you want to be known for? Everyone is known for one or the other. Are you a stumbling block or are you a stepping stone? Are you opening the door wide open for the next generation or are you making it harder for the next generation? So we all, as we get older, we all need to understand we have a role to play. We can stand in the way. Let me tell you, I'm, I grew up all the time Pentecostal, as many of you know, and, and I know many good people that, let's just be honest, they, they stood in the way. They made it harder for us young people. They made it harder for people to serve God, to express themselves, to allow uh, a, a new way of doing something that we know should never change the gospel, but the methods and, and how we do things and our look and various things. Oh, my goodness, absolutely. We can tell story after story. And, and the sad thing is many are no longer serving the Lord because many were stumbling blocks instead of stepping stones. I want my children, I want my grandchildren to get to heaven because of me, not in spite of me. I want my children and my grandchildren to be consistent overcomers because of how I live, not constantly being overcome because of the mess I left them. Wow. See, we have the power of choice of our lifestyle, our hard work. Uh, we have the power of, of the choice and who we are and the decisions we make on a daily basis to make it harder for people or to make it easier for people, to set up uh, uh, roadblocks and, 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 and obstacles or make the highway plain and clear and open for others to move forward from one season to another to one generation to another. And let me tell you something, an heroic leader is one who changes for the sake of others. The one who will change for the sake of a generation and generations to come. Not the one that will stick to it and say, this is the way I've done it all my life. This is the way we're going to do it. If it was good for my kids, it's good for you. Come on, somebody. The works for our benefit. This works for our benefit or works for our detriment. The Old Testament talks about how sin can be stored up and laid up. Let's read this and then move on. John uh, Exodus 20 verse 5. For I, the Lord your God, I am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for other gods. I lay the sins of parents upon their children. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generation of those who reject me. There's something about iniquity that can be stored up and passed on. Something about our bad attitudes. There's something about our bad habits and our unhealthy lifestyle that can make it very difficult for our children and for our grandchildren and, and things that can be generational and, 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 and generational curses and other things and drugs and alcohol and strongholds of all kinds. Anger, abuse can be passed down from one generation to another. We often see the same issues that was on the mom and the dad, on the children and then on the grandchildren. Oftentimes we see generational poverty. We see generational 
immorality, right? We see many things that become generational. It's so true, and there are plenty of scriptures to prove this out. But the bottom line for this morning is thank God for Jesus and the shed blood of Jesus. Thank God for forgiveness and thank God we can draw the line in the sand and start a new tradition and start a new generation and start something fresh and new. Amen for everyone else. And if you have that kind of generational uh, difficulty, thank God you can draw the line. I'm sure you have in the sand and say, as for me and my house, we're doing this different. We're going to serve the Lord. Amen. A more familiar verse. I'm getting closer to my point this morning. Proverbs 13.22 says, A good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children, but a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. And we know we're not just talking about money here. We're talking about the inheritance of our faith, a, a godliness, a, a righteousness that can absolutely be passed down, that oftentimes we don't see the greater value in our spiritual inheritance. Sometimes we're only looking for a financial inheritance but the greater of them all, obviously, is our righteous inheritance. See, we were laying up for others either a wrong way to live or a right way to live, but make no mistake about it, we are laying up something. You are affecting more than you. You are affecting more, and, and in one way or another, we are affecting many more people that we really need to get a bigger picture to understand what our actions really mean. It's one thing if you lived a sinful life and only affected you, and, and, and that's your choice. It affects you, but, but the Bible says your life is not your own. So your life is affecting somebody. Your life is impacting somebody. Your life is influencing somebody. And all of us need to step up and, and have a bigger picture of how our choices and our lifestyles affect many others. Your righteous acts of uh, your acts of righteousness are having a positive effect or an act of unrighteousness are having a negative effect. The promises that God made to David are profound. In essence, he was saying, David, because you serve me, because you worship me, if your children act up, I'll love them enough to correct them. I'll not abandon them or let them go. See, Many young people are working hard to be good sinners. Let me tell you something. You're ruined. You're ruined from being a good sinner. And why I say it that way, because if you have a mom and dad, if you have a, a grandparent, a spiritual parent who knows how to pray, who knows how to serve God faithfully, who knows how to fast, who knows how to walk the floor, who knows how to get out of bed in the middle of the night when they know you're missing and you're MIA, and they, they know exactly, they may not know the details, but they know something is definitely wrong. And we need to stand in the gap and believe God and put a fire hedge of protection around you and call for our angels and call down fire from heaven. Amen. Let me tell you something. If you have someone like that, you are one blessed person. That's why I mean you're ruined. You would try your best to serve the devil, but you're not going to be able to serve the devil. You go to the same parties and make the same foolish mistakes, and uh, but you'll never be a successful sinner. You'll never fit in. It's going to be hard for you to walk away. Why? Because there's too much mercy and too much grace that's been laid up for you. Amen. See, somebody who's been faithfully serving God and standing in faith and praying uh, and, and standing in power. Let me tell you something. It makes all the difference in the world. 
Vern and I are a product of multiple generations, and I'm a third-generational minister, and my, my dad and mom and their dads and moms served God faithfully for many years. They ruined me. My grandparents prayed for me. My mom and dad prayed for me. They fasted for me, and guess what? They ruined me. All I knew was church, and when I reached high school and, and got a taste of the world and it got my attention and my life didn't really measure up to what I, I, I knew my, what represented my godly upbringing. And, 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 but when my friends would sin, you know, they would go far out there and, and lose their mind and they'd see pink elephants and hear weird sounds and, 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 and I'd see the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And I would hear the Holy Spirit's conviction, right? They'd be concerned how, the, how they're going to get home, and I'd be concerned if I was going to miss the rapture. Right? Right? Their, their parents would seldom find out uh, what they did, but not me. By the time I got home, there were 10 people that already called my dad. Amen. And I was already in deep trouble. Right? Because I was ruined. One example, quick example, when I was in high school, uh, there was a store in our neighborhood. One side was a liquor store. The other side was a pharmacy one day I came out of the liquor store with a bag full of liquor and my dad came out of the pharmacy and we ran into each other. See, that's bad luck. And so that, that's being ruined. That's because God loved me. I ran right into my dad, of all people, to run into my dad. He said, what's in the bag? Oh, it's not mine. You know, you make all these excuses. And all he did is look at me and say, son, man, I'm, I'm disappointed. I thought I raised you better than that. I wish he would have beat me. I wish he would have just grounded me till my firstborn had a job, right? I thought, right? No. See, you're ruined. I can tell story after story after story of how God came through and how God delivered and where I should have been and wasn't there and what should have happened didn't happen. Why? Because I had a praying mom. I had a praying father. I had a grandmother that I would hear, little congetta grandmother. She's a, about this tall and about that wide and a little bun on her head and she would wear out the side of the bed because she cried out to God. I was the second oldest grandchild and she'd pray for Timothy who was the oldest grandchild who was away from God and, and Jonathan in Italian. She'd pray oh Jonathan you know and in Italian she'd cry out to God about my call and about having mercy on Jonathan oh my goodness listen young person you'll never be successful in the world you'll never be fulfilled by what the world can offer you it'll never satisfy you all it's only thing that you can do is, and, and, and know is what is found in Christ and your destiny in God and you're obeying God and using your gifts to honor him and using your gifts to magnify the Lord and build up his family and make a difference you've been created for God you've been created for greatness you've been created for purpose and destiny and God's hands upon your life and your body is his temple and you've been ruined to live any other way except a life found in Christ come on somebody how many believe that God has his hand on this generation oh absolutely amen and God will not let them go God told David I'm not going to let your children be destroyed without dealing with them heart to heart Parent, grandchild, grandparent, when, when you live for Christ, you are storing up mercy and you are storing up the faithfulness of God. Amen. It pays to live for Christ.
and put God first. Here's what the Bible says, Psalm 130, 17. But the mercy and loving kindness of the Lord are from everlasting to everlasting upon those who reverently and worshipfully fear him. And his righteousness is to children's children. Luke 150, his mercy extends to those who fear him from one generation to another generation. Let me prove this to you. St. Chronicles 6, David has been dead for 11 years. Everyone shout, 11 years. It's a long time to be dead. It's a long time to be in the grave. Solomon now has built the temple. It's time to dedicate the temple. 10,000 men have worked 11 years cutting lumber. 150,000 men have worked seven and a half years assembling the temple. Three million people are attending the dedication service. 4,000 ushers are needed to handle all the people. Everything is in place. 20,000 oxen. 120,000 sheeps and goats are ready to be sacrificed. And Solomon prays this prayer in 2 Chronicles 6.42. Lord God, do not reject your anointed one. Remember your mercy to your servant David. When he said those words, fire came down from heaven, consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. What happened when he said, Remember my father. Solomon tapped into what? Stored up, built up mercy. God was saying, I remember your father. He was a worshiper. He loved me. He served me faithfully. He worshiped me on the hillside. He worshiped me in the caves. And he worshiped me when no one else was looking. And anyone can worship God publicly. But really what matters is when the hard times come. And when when you're in the middle of that midnight hour. And you're in the deepest part of your cave. And it's a dark place. And you lift up your hands and cry out to God. And you open up your heart and you pour it out to Jesus and and you recognize that God I can't do this without you it's not going to turn out well my kids aren't going to turn out well this marriage is not going to turn out well this adventure this business it's just not going to work so 11 years after David's death the presence of God fills the temple 2nd Kings chapter 11 David has been dead for 23 years Solomon marries strange woman. He has a thousand wives, and the Bible calls him um, a, 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 the wisest man on the earth. Really? I don't know about that. Someone said once that he married a thousand wives so he could come home and find one in a good mood. Now, I didn't say that, so don't throw rocks, but I'm just quoting what somebody else said. <laughs> David's been in the grave 23 years. Solomon has lost his mind. Everybody shout, 23 years. 1 King 11, 11 through 13 says, Therefore the Lord said to Solomon, Because you have done this and have not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I have commanded you, I will surely tear the kingdom away from you and give it to your servant. Nevertheless, I will not do it in your days for the sake of your father David. I will tear it out of out of the hand of your son. However, I will not tear away the whole kingdom. I'll give you one tribe and your son for the sake of my servant David. God is saying, time has run out for you, but because of your dad, there's some stored up mercy that we're going to tap into. Some of you think that you're all that. Some of you think, you know, you're just amazing what God's doing in your life financially or spiritually or in leadership and so forth. And 
you got to get your act together to realize if it wasn't for that grandparent, you wouldn't be all that. If it wasn't for that praying pastor, you wouldn't be all that. If it wasn't for that praying mom or that praying dad or that praying spiritual parent or that friend, you wouldn't be all that. We got to recognize today that there's somebody who's been standing on our behalf, pleading on our behalf, calling your name before God, asking God to bless and to store up mercy and to store up the faithfulness of God. My grand, both my grandmothers, both my grandparents and my parents, on and on I can talk about that today, but I'm, I'm talking about the faithfulness of God when one man, one woman, one dad, one mom, one minister, one missionary, one pastor, one bishop, makes a covenant with God, you think it's all about the here and now, but it's not because what's happening today is because what started 90 years ago. Think about that. Wow. Every time you serve, every time you partner, every time you volunteer, every time you leave your family to go serve or go on the mission field or or be a blessing, or lead a prayer meeting, or serve a team, or lead something that magnifies God and honors Him and opens up the hearts of others. Every time you do that, there's a spiritual deposit of mercy and blessing and the faithfulness of God that goes cha-ching into your account. I don't feel like getting up. And you get up and go to church and go pray and and fast and cha-ching in your account. We don't know what tomorrow holds. When children become adults and, and, and young teenagers and older teenagers, they, they make certain choices that might not be your choices. Amen. We don't serve out of fear. We don't pray out of fear. We don't do any of those things like, like, like Job was full of fear. And we know that fear came upon him, but, but we recognize how true that is. And the deposits of the blessing and mercy of God to your account. Is there mercy to your account? Is there faithfulness to your account? Let me give you one more example, but before we do, I'd like to dismiss dismiss all the children. So children, feel free to be dismissed, please. God bless you as you go, and let's tell them we love them as they go to their class. Go ahead. Come on. Clap those hands. These kids need to be encouraged. We love them. God bless you as you go today. One more example. Let me jump ahead. 2 Kings 19, David has been in the grave 305 years. Everyone shout, 305 years. Hezekiah, David's great-grandson, seven times removed, is surrounded by enemy forces. He holds a letter in his hand from Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, saying, I'm going to destroy you. Outnumbered, overwhelmed, it's not looking good. I like what Hezekiah did. He, he took that letter to the temple and laid it on the altar. In other words, he was saying, it's the wrong address. This doesn't belong to me. And he laid it on the altar, this bad news. He laid it on the altar, this, this pending disaster, this pending a uh, uh, situation that could wipe out the kingdom and 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 kill and destroy many people. Second Kings nineteen thirty two to thirty three. Therefore, this is what the Lord says concerning the king of Assyria: He will not enter this city or shoot an arrow here. 
He will not come before it with shield or build a siege ramp against it. By the way that he came, he will return. He will not enter this city, declares the Lord. In one night, God sent an angel and slew 185,000 Assyrian soldiers that surrounded Hezekiah. Why did God spare Hezekiah and the city? Verse 34, I will defend this city and save it for the sake and for my sake and for the sake of David, my servant. 305 years of stored up mercy. 305 years of stored up faithfulness of God. 305 years. Did they deserve it? Probably not. Amen. But because of what one man did, because of one man's life, because of one man's faithfulness, amen, to the account that still was being drawn from over 300 years later after the fact. Oh, my Lord. Thank God for all the pioneers of faith that paid a tremendous price for all of us to enjoy the fruit of what we're enjoying today all for another generation. Oh, my goodness. Whether we realize it or not, now we are more in the know than maybe they were back 90 years ago than maybe Reverend Blackman was when the church started in 1927. Didn't understand, perhaps, like we know today. We're more aware of the fact that there is so much more at stake for our actions and for our choices and so much more effect that we pass down and we, we pass to the next generation, whether good or bad or challenges or difficulties or things that have to be undone or things that can be resolved. But thank God, ministers of the gospel and missionaries we know uh, who lived their lives and took all their belongings in a casket when they went to the foreign field because they knew they weren't coming home alive. Man, talking about mercy, talking about storing up mercy for their account. Oh, my goodness. Both my godly grandfathers working full-time while serving their local churches had no knowledge that they were storing up mercy and blessing for their grandson who would need it in North Reading, Massachusetts. I can't tell you how many times that my wife and I have been grateful for her parents' and grandparents' prayers, for my parents' and grandparents' prayers. I know, I know more than once, I have stood with my hands raised, thanking God for the miracles that we have had, knowing that I didn't earn these. I had to own up my own faith, yes. I had to pull up my own pants, yes. I had to get up and I had to do it, yes, because I had to be responsible for the call on my life. My my grandfather is not responsible for my call. But I knew more than once with my hands raised saying, Father, I thank you that I know where this favor comes from. I know Jonathan and Vernon Del Turco didn't earn this favor today. I know that Jonathan and Vernon Del Turco didn't earn this breakthrough today. I know it goes all the way back and probably farther back than what I know, right? Farther back, praise God. Only when we get to heaven, we understand the total picture of the sacrifices that were made by the prayers offered by Reverend John uh, Blackman in 1927 when P.T. started or Bishop Allen, uh, Allen C. Miller or Reverend Herman L. Green so that Bishop Brian Green and the congregation of P.T. could be enjoying stored up mercies and the faithfulness of God. 
Hallelujah. We are here today because of their prayers. We are here today because of their, their stored up mercy, because of their walk with God, because they determined and they sacrificed and they believed God. Amen. And they stood their ground. Thank God. Aren't you grateful today? I'm so grateful today that we are living under this heavenly open heaven because we're standing on the shoulders of some amazing, mighty men and women of God. Hallelujah. Second Timothy one five says, and I close with this. I remember your genuine faith. Paul was saying to his spiritual son, Timothy. For you, you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois. And your mother, Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. The backdrop in the context, we know Timothy is going through the worst time of his life. Pastor Timothy is afraid for his life. Uh, First Timothy, the church is exploding and growing. He's asking his spiritual dad, what do I do? How do I pick leaders? What do I what do I look for? I need help. This church is growing. This church is exploding. And in 2 Timothy, everything changes very rapidly. And the church is, is under tremendous persecution. And people are dying. And there's crazy rulers that are in charge. And any day now, he could get a knock on his door and be taken away uh, like many of his congregants. And people are running away. It's no longer popular to, to call Pastor Timothy your pastor and going to that church and so forth. And he's distraught. He's overwhelmed. He's, he's discouraged. And, and, and his spiritual father, Paul, says, hey, 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 man, this is not the time to quit. It's not the time to be fearful and timid. It's not the time to draw back because of what's happening in society. It's not the time to change because the neighborhood changed, because life changed and people changed and rules changed and laws changed. It's not the time for that. Wait, 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 wait. I know what's in you. Don't be giving me this stuff. I know I was at your table. I know your grandmother and I know your mother and I know what they put in you and I know this unfeigned, sincere faith that's inside of your heart. Don't you tell me you're going to quit. Don't you tell me you're going to back down. Don't you tell me you're going to change your message. Don't you tell me you're going to back away. Don't you tell me you're going to go live and hide and, and be like in a castle and put a moat around your property and, and never go out because you never know what, what, what what's out there and you never know what the devil's going to do. And we, we we hide and Timothy didn't, it says he was encouraging Timothy to say, listen, Timothy, it didn't start with you and it's not going to end with you. Wow. It didn't start with you and it's not going to end with you. Bishop, it didn't start with you. It's not going to end with you. Right? Elders, a PT, didn't start with you. It's not going to end with you. Partners and friends of PT, it didn't start with you. It's not going to end with you. We can enhance it. We can take it to new levels and new heights. We can be more gratified, more with a greater heart of gratitude and appreciation and realize that, that while we're making all these necessary changes, we, 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 we love the fact that God has brought us 90 years. In 90 years, not every story is perfect. Not every story is, 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 is the perfect story. But, but, the, but the, 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 the stand of faithfulness, the consistency of our faith and of our prayers makes all the difference in the world. Hallelujah. We are here celebrating 90 years of faithful, fruitful service because of the faithfulness of many. Don't stop being faithful. Don't stop being faithful in your serving. 
in your giving, in your loving, in your blessing others, in your service to the community. Don't ever think that what you're doing is a waste of time and nobody notices. No, what you do matters because you're storing up mercy for you, for your children, others' children, another generation. We're thinking bigger. The reason why we change, the reason why they're leading the, the, and making friend their change is because there's just way too much at stake. And our history tells us, stay the course. Don't back down. Don't be moved by what's around you. Don't be moved by what laws and rules and, and, and town fathers and city fathers and the nation and the world. Don't be moved by what you see. Stand up bold and stand up tall and the mercy of God will always back you up and the prayers and faithfulness of others will stand with you when you make your righteous stand. When you stand your ground from this day forward, you stand your ground strong and you stand your ground bold. And we celebrate today, yes, what, look what the Lord is doing, but look what the Lord has done. And because of what He's done, 